Welcome back, folks. This is Carolina Conservatives Preachers with a Punch. We are going into round two, and we left, left you on a uh, pretty serious cliffhanger. Wasn't it maybe maybe not as serious as who shot Jr. from Dallas, but, you know, we are leaving you with a serious uh, cliffhanger from the last episode of Pre Preachers with a Punch, and we're going to dive right back into it here in just a moment. I'm Dr. Nathan Street. I'm Pastor Alan Mashburn. It's been an honor to have uh, these two medical professionals that are really brave enough to come on here. Not everyone will do this and discuss the topic. So Mustafa and Courtney, uh, we go back into it. And the cliffhanger was actually asked by Dr. Street. So I'm going to yep. go ahead and re-ask that question well, and gonna, uh, we'll get right into it. I'm a pastor. I'm going to layer it just a little bit more. So I'm, uh, I'm interested in knowing, uh, A, if our friends here, Courtney and Mustafa, who again, I will echo too, very brave, this takes a lot for you to come out against a machine like the Biden administration who is in league with the FBI or what I call the FBI lie and uh, in league with the CIA and in league with uh, the CDC to really promote unhealthy actions amongst our, our populace and then to try to hold you responsible uh, if you try to exercise your First Amendment right here, uh, not only of bodily autonomy, but of religious, uh, your religious expression. Um, and so I'm curious, A, as to do you do you have attorneys? Do you are you represented legally? And then B, uh, what do you foresee as this whole house of cards is starting to collapse in on Pfizer and this uh, and the shot and everybody who has really been working in league with one another, this satanic league, this evil league that they have. Uh, this whole house of cards is coming down. Ron DeSantis is uh, launched a, um, a lawsuit or is looking to impanel a grand jury against Pfizer. Hopefully that all comes out the way we want it to. And then that might open Pfizer up to some legal challenges. What do you foresee? legally, people who have had this shot, who've been lied to for the last three years, their opportunities to um, to maybe get some some rectification for what they have suffered as well. So I personally don't have an attorney for this subject, but I think that was really, when I go back to like the why on why I ran for office, I really could see how, unfortunately, we all know COVID should have never been politicized, but it probably was a political move in general. We all know kind of a lot of the stuff that went on with Fauci. This virus has never acted like a normal virus. Um, it doesn't act the same in everybody's body. Like it's just very, very, very strange. Um, but if we look at like the repercussions of all this, like initially it was under emergency use authorization. So they didn't have, you know, these mandates. There's even on record where Nancy Pelosi, Fauci, they all say, oh, we're not going to mandate it. Like that would be wrong. And then of course they do. Um, it's all this like conditioning, like getting the public to get on board with it. Once they're super, once they're generally on board, then they mandate it and they twist the words of you're protecting somebody else by taking the vaccine. I mean, it's all just BS before they can even really see that it's not preventing you from getting COVID. So it's not preventing the spread. Now they're admitting, I mean, I think it's straight up on the CDC that it doesn't prevent transmission, which is insane because they're still using the same tactics of you need to protect other people by taking the vaccine. I, just like Mustafa referred to, like I don't personally wanna tell somebody whether they can or cannot take the vaccine. I personally 
at this point, don't think it's really great for anyone. Um, but I, at the, at the beginning of all this, I was like, you know, I kept asking both my parents, they're both respiratory therapists. One works ER, one works ICU in different hospitals in the triangle. I would ask them, you know, are people really the ones that are the sickest? Are they really the unvaccinated? And they would say, yeah, the majority, you did have some that were vaccinated that were on ventilators, but a lot of them were unvaccinated, definitely the majority. And so, but now we're seeing definitely a change in that. And right now, current situation in the triangle is not many people, if any, are on ventilators for COVID. Um, you guys were talking a lot about, you know, the flu vaccine and previous, you know, declinations, um, why the flu and RSV are now all big and everybody's talking about it. RSV has been weird this year, but the flu, what's interesting is they weren't even testing for the flu um, during a lot of the COVID pandemic. We, I was working in the emergency room and I'm like, I haven't swabbed somebody for the flu like all of this time. That's very weird. We swab people with the flu all the time. So it's like the reason why you weren't having any flu is because we weren't swabbing for the flu. You know, there's a lot of people who talked about how America had like the highest number of cases of COVID. And it's like, well, we're swabbing the most people for COVID. So right. we're going to have more cases because we have more documented. But as far as litigation, to me, it was like when this all, all these mandates hit, it's like they had no, you know, if you look at from a political standpoint and a judicial system, like, if someone were to try and litigate, like you shouldn't have made me take this, the general system would say, well, we had to do something. We were trying to you know, protect the public. We we're trying to protect patients' lives. And you could argue that for a little while. And I would say you can even argue it to a certain extent because what's also an interesting fact is a lot of these big hospital systems, I have proof just like Mustafa of hospital administration sending emails to providers, that's doctors, PAs, NPs, nurse practitioners, um, DOs, which is another type of doctor, um, they were getting emails from administration saying, if you do not recommend the COVID vaccine, we're going to go after your license and we're going to look at your social media. So that is like documented that they were threatening providers to promote this vaccine. So when you go to your doctor and you say, well, my doctor told me I should get it. Well, your doctor was manipulated and behind the scenes with their license and their job as well. And most people, like if you spend eight years, 12 years becoming a doctor, you're not going to like give up your license over this, especially when you really don't have all the information either. And so most yeah. people are just caving and recommending this vaccine. So you look at right current situation right now. So if somebody say died from the vaccine or one of these football players dies on the field, um, who is going to be the person that's going to stand up and be that expert witness saying that it was caused by the COVID vaccine? Because you're going to have a lot of trouble showing causation at this point, even though you and I in this, in this conversation right now would probably say, well, there's not a lot of risk factors for this person and they just drop dead. How many people have to drop dead on a baseball field or a football field or a soccer field or at work that are between 20 years old and 35 years old for us to say like, this is not normal. But all of that doesn't win litigation. I think the only time you could even win litigation is if you had a medical professional that was forced to take the vaccine and within like 72 hours of taking it with no healthcare problems, very young age, they just drop dead. And then you have to get somebody to testify that. Like, you, and the person's dead. So what family member, and then most of the time the hospital system's just gonna pay the family off. They're gonna say, we'll give you a million dollars to shut up. And they will, and they'll take the million dollars. So they're like, we're probably not gonna win. We might as well take the million dollars. <laughs> so like we're in a situation, it kind of goes back to like why I ran. I realized very quickly, this is a political issue. The only way it's gonna be solved is politics. Just like you're saying DeSantis is doing stuff. Um, and 
in reality, I don't know if you guys were catching all of the, the 20 Republicans that were resisting McCarthy, their list of demands, and I don't know if he'll follow through on this stuff, but for them to vote in McCarthy as Speaker of the House, one of the demands was to stop the vaccine mandates. So hopefully they'll follow through with that. I think nationally you can stop it. It's, it's really about money. This all boils down to money. How much are the pharmaceutical yes. companies making? How much are the hospitals making? How much is the government making? How much are politicians making? It's all about money. And so if really our politicians stand up for what's right, that's actually, I think, how it's going to get solved. I, I, you said something I just don't want to be lost. Something I did not know. Pastor, I didn't know if you know if you heard this either, but just what Courtney just said, that hospitals were, in essence, threatening doctors, that you do this test or that we are going to pull your license or we're going to cause you trouble, essentially, is what hospital administration was doing, right? That's correct. Do, and I've heard this, I've heard the answer to this, and I've, it's been back and forth. Do doctors even know <clears throat> what it, what comprises all of the elements that goes into a vaccine, whether it is a COVID vaccine or whether it is any kind of vaccine, do doctors even know all of the elements that are that comprise that vaccine itself, the medicine, the, the inoculation itself? None of them are like chemists to understand the full chemistry behind creating the vaccine. But I would say, I mean, Mustafa, I'm like literally pulling out a percentage out of my head. I would say probably 75% of physicians, like medical physicians, not like a psychiatrist, could tell you extensively as to how each type of vaccine works. Um, I actually talked to pretty early on when I started kind of this whole process, I was talking to a um, a family practice doctor that I'm really good friends with just on a friend level. Um, she actually didn't have to work during the COVID pandemic. She had become a mom, like it was all good timing for her, but she took the vaccine and she said, you know, I just tend to have faith in our medical system. And I think that's actually a large percentage of, I know Mustafa's about to pull his hair out, but that is true. Like the more people I talk to, I think there's a lot of people that just took it because they just felt like, oh, well, I trust our medical system. And she said that to me and I kind of pushed back. And then I asked her some pretty direct medical questions, scientific questions about the vaccine. And she had to get back to me, but she did go and research a lot of it. And she was talking about the messenger, the messenger RNA and how challenging this type of virus, like she really got, and she understood it. Like once we got to talking about it, I think she probably changed her tune as far as mandates because um, she was explaining to me, and I would say I'm not even to that level of biology and chemistry to be able to explain exactly what she was saying, but the gist mm -hmm. is it's a type of virus, like they all have like positive and negative, like just like Mustafa said, viruses are very complicated. They're not like bacteria. They change very quickly. They inhibit the cell. You have to attack, you almost have to attack your own cell to kill the virus. And really there's no way to kill them. They're usually just dormant in your body. Um, and so she was saying that certain viruses just like, you know, we talk about the measles, mumps, rubella, these ones that we have, um, we have vaccines for. There's certain types of viruses that you can create a vaccine for. And then there's other ones that you almost like release it into the body and the body makes, um, we'll call it an antibody. We'll call, it's like the, the way Mustafa was talking about your white blood cells, which is your, your fighters in your body, your immune system, what fights off of things. Um, there's types of vaccines where you give that to the body, the body takes it in and it creates, we're going to call it an antibody just for understanding purposes. Sure. It creates an antibody that almost fits the virus. Like 
it fits it most of the time. So when then you have the virus come and enter the body, well, it might fight some of it, but then it doesn't quite fit. Like it doesn't quite fit that fighter cell that it's created. So she was even admitting that this type of virus historically, and we hear this on a lot of other podcasts about coronaviruses, that they're very, very, very challenging to create a vaccine with. And when you give those vaccines, there's a higher risk to your body of taking it than there is reward to it actually warding off that virus. Um, And she was admitting to all that. And I think once you get someone who actually understands a lot of this stuff to really think about it like that, they do eventually admit that a mandate is wrong. They would say that they probably would say they would take it because they think they risk the benefits outweigh the risks, which is my whole argument. Let people make that decision, whether the benefits outweigh the risks. And at this point in time, like I've had COVID twice, like I'm not taking the vaccine. (laughs) Same thing. I've had it twice. One, the first time, listen, we, we make no, we make no bones about it. It's real. I know that there was a movement out there saying that this was all fake and I know it's real. I've had it. Alan, you pastors had it as well. I was hospitalized. Alan felt like he was dying as well. I mean, it was, it was bad. I think I I died seven times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then recently I had it again, much, much lighter, uh, the second time around. And, uh, and so it's, you know, it's definitely real, but my immune system took over because I'll be totally honest. I've not had the shot. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't trust any of them anymore, but that's me, but that's, you're exactly right. Is that's the choice that we as Americans should have. We should have the choice. As human beings, we have the human right to choose what is injected into us. That's all a part of human basic human rights training all the time is we should be giving everyone the right to participate in an experiment or not. And this shot is still experimental. And we are st- we are trying to make people participate in an experiment and holding their livelihoods above their head, case in point with y'all and with doctors as well, of whether you participate in this experiment or not, we're going to destroy you if you do not do it. Right. It's fascinating to me that this is the point we where we are in the world, but also in our country right now, um, especially in America, where we are supposed to be, you know, have the autonomy and the the rights to fight against this sort of tyranny. Um, and so I, I've got a question for you that you can choose not to answer it or not. It's fine. But um, but I'm going to ask it anyhow. Fauci. Villain or not. I would say he's a villain. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I would I would never work with the guy. I would never follow him. And um, I'm doing this because uh, I stand for sacred humanity and upholding autonomy of all people of planet Earth. It's not just the people in the United States because the United States influences everyone in the world. And I want people to know it's their right to live and breathe. And no one has the right to impede upon your life or your liberties or to tell you that you know, there's an us and them. There's no us and them. We're all created by God. We're all given the breath of life. And that's how it is. And if there's anyone who's going to judge us or correct us, it's going to be the Lord, our God who created us, no one else. And Anthony Fauci is not that. Anthony Fauci is not a man. He's not a hero. He's a very dirty politician who used his clout to influence the public so that he could benefit from their fear. 
And I completely oppose that. I find it to be absolutely the same as the, the fascist Reich of Germany. What he did was the exact same thing for the greater good, for national security, all that crap. I absolutely, I separate myself from him. And if, if he calls what he is a doctor, then, uh, then we don't have doctors. That's mm. just, there's no way. I think what's interesting in watching him speak is you can tell he knows he's untouchable politically. Mm. And that really, really bothers me. Like the fact that we can hear him contradict himself over and over and over again and be able to always say, oh, well, the science is changing. And it's like, okay, well, why do you get to impose this hierarchy of science on my body and then change your mind a year later? Like his untouchableness politically is what really aggravates me. And because I think all doctors can be wrong. Like you can always make a mistake. And I always tell people, if you have a doctor make a mistake on you and they come and tell you, and confess, I mean, it's a Christian more morality thing. They come and tell you and confess that they messed up and they want to do right by you. I literally had a friend ask me like, would you let them work on you again? I'm like, absolutely. Because every single physician, every single nurse messes up. And when they'll admit that they're wrong, yeah. it's a great sign that you can trust them. Then you have a powerhouse. Yep. That yes. is very, that is very good. That's, that's absolutely the case. I would too, you know, someone who owns their mistakes you know, that's even scriptural is that we are supposed to, you know, we're supposed to be honest in everything. We are supposed to be forthright in everything and that you can be more trustworthy because of that. And so I, I'm, I agree with you on Fauci. I feel like he is the quintessential James Bond villain and, uh, and that he is shielded. And hopefully with the new uh, Republican House that comes in that, and the new Twitter Fauci files that'll be coming out, that um, more is going to be able to come out about him and that there's going to be some accountability to this man who is grossly overpaid as well uh, from our taxpayer dollars uh, that this man is uh, just really- Highest paid employee of this country. Yes. Yeah. And it is just destroying not only our country, but are destroying our world uh, with his, his evil. Pastor, go ahead. Let me ask you um, this. Are there more people in your profession that you know that are just like you, that are taking the stand, who are wanting to speak out, who are going to work and just biting their hand and just bearing what they have to do to get through the day. Um, and not saying that you are, but are they where you are? They're just fed up and they want to speak out. There are a lot of people that have been granted a declination um, usually religious, because I haven't heard anyone say they got a medical exemption, even when they had a mild allergic reaction, say to the first shot, or they've had anaphylaxis to other vaccines, like they could not get a medical exemption. So most people who got exemptions were um, religious exemptions, which is interesting, rounding back to the beginning of our conversation on last episode, is uh, Mustafa, whom <laughs> they're telling him like, oh, there's been an increase in, in religious exemption requests, you know, are these really just, you know, are they really faith-based, you know, <laughs> this because we can't get out of it medically, even though we're medical professionals and we can make a legitimate medical argument for why we should not take it. Or even if you get a doctor to sign off it, or you get a pastor, that's another interesting thing is you get these religious exemptions and sometimes they follow up and make you ask further questions. Like how long have you had this religion and who's your pastor and where do you go to church? And like, literally sometimes they interrogate you with that stuff, but there are a number of people, I couldn't quantify it, um, but obviously being very vocal and running for office in a very medical community in Durham and Orange County, 
um, I had a lot of people, you know, come to me and really appreciate that I was speaking out on it. There was a lot of people who got medical or religious exemptions. And I think those people, what's different in them and Mustafa is Mustafa is not going to sign one of those things that says, I'm aware I'm risking the lives of my patients. Whereas most people, and honestly, I probably, if I was in the situation, I probably would have been like, screw them, I'm signing it because I'm still going to keep working. But I appreciate that Mustafa really takes it to the next level. He's like, I'm not even signing that. You can give me the exemption, but I'm not signing it. So I think most people, they did put themselves in that liability kind of area where they can continue to work, but they have signed that paper. I mean, so really you kind of, I was going to say, she kind of went into my next question and answered it. Neither one of them are really concerned about the repercussions of coming on here and letting people see who you are, right. your face and everything. That's right. Um, two things and then I'm done. Can you unpack just a little bit? And I know you're not scientist and you're not chemist, but you're very well acquainted with your profession. Can you unpack just a little bit of the difference of other vaccines versus this mRNA vaccine? What's the what's the mRNA? What's what makes it so different? Mustafa, go for it. Okay, so in your blood cells, you have something called the nucleus, where your DNA comes from, your dionucleic acid. And your dionucleic acid is created to create a human being from uh, messenger RNA, messenger uh, ribonucleic acid, and use uh, uh, transcribing RNA, ribonucleic acid, to make those compounds come together. So when you put a shot in your body, um, you know, I'm not a pharmacologist and I'm not a pharmacist. So I don't, and I'm also not a virologist. A virologist would be the perfect person to ask for this. And this is a great example of being a nurse is that when you don't know the information, you inform people about how to uphold their autonomy and get the information. You need to speak to a virologist, but the way that an mRNA vaccine works because it's mes messenger RNA, it has to go into your body. Your body has to uptake it. And then it has to go to your red blood cells and you have to add to your, uh, uh, to your white blood cells, your immune system, and you have to take that messenger RNA sequencing and you have to transcribe it so it creates a new coding. Otherwise, there'd be no purpose of using the messenger RNA. That's what it's about. Now, here in America, we have two of them, messenger RNAs. They're by, uh, uh, let's see, I think it's called um, the spike vax by Moderna. And then you have the other one. I wish I knew we were going to talk about this right then because I had the other name for you. But All the right. fight, but the but the Pfizer one, uh, they're both messenger RNAs. Anyway, I hate that I'm not prepared for that question. But here's the thing: in China, the research that the Chinese are doing, they have an ex an extensive listing of different vaccines that they're creating, and some of them are uh, attenuated vaccines where they're taking a part of the vaccine that's dead and they're trying to create a vaccine from that, and they're not using messenger RNA. Now, we can't go too further into that because I don't have the literature here to reveal to you about that. Sure. But when you're using, but our flu vaccines, uh, you know, our swine flu vaccines, those aren't messenger RNAs. Those are when you're taking a piece of the vaccine and you're, you're, what virologists are doing is they're finding a way for the protein structure of that vaccine to where in that vaccine, uh, where in that virus, the protein structure of that virus they're finding an area where it is able to mutate and attach to the human genome for the person to be able to become infected with it. And then they create a vaccine from that. And so that's why the flu vaccine works. That's why the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine works. That's, 
You know, that's why vaccines do work because people are very careful about it. And they, they do their best they can to make sure that people aren't harmed while they're, you know, administering these vaccines. Case in point, I wanted to tell you that uh, in 1976, there was a swine flu vaccine that uh, they found that one in 100,000 recipients of this had of this swine flu vaccine uh, had a high risk of uh, contracting Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a neurological disease syndrome. And it was found through a study after this vaccine was put out that people were one in 100,000 were getting sick from this. And they said, hey, this is way too many people. Uh, we, need to, we need to pull this off the market. In 1998, uh, YF Laboratories Incorporated made a tetravalent uh, rhesus-based rotoshield three-dose vaccine for children because rotavirus, which is a, a gastrointestinal um, virus uh, can kill children from the diarrhea that it causes them. You, you lose liters of, of body fluid and you can die really quickly. Well, when they put that on the market in 1998, 1999, they found that one to two in 10,000 children uh, would develop something called intussupption, which is where your intestines, instead of being like a slinky, one part of the slinky would go over the other part of your intestines, which is called intussupption. And that will cause death because you stop the motility of your gastrointestinal tract. So they took that off the market. And this is all information from the CDC. It's found today uh, by uh, the uh, uh, European Medical, uh, the European Union of Medical Society found that the Pfizer flu vaccine, one in 10,000 people suffered from cardiac issues, mainly epi epimyocarditis, and they still didn't tell the public, hey, this is a danger, let's take this off the- Was that the flu vac the, the Pfizer flu vaccine or the Pfizer COVID vaccine? Oh, oh, the Pfizer COVID vaccine is what the European Union has been studying to find that one in 10,000 people suffered from a cardiac issue. Now, not cardiac death, but there are people dying from cardiac death from it, but they said one in 10,000 people that take this, they're having some form of inflammation of the cardiac muscle. And they, they still released it to the public. They just said, oh. hey- People are falling dead for some reason, and that that statistic has reached uh, all time high. It's never happened like that. I mean, people are falling on television, you know, in the sports and everything. So, yeah, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I haven't seen many of those that haven't come haven't come true. My final question, both of you, uh, Mustafa, how, how long have you ha been in the medical profession? Uh, I started as a CNA in 2015 in cancer, and I did that for two and a half years. And then I got my RN degree and started working in the ICU in the beginning of 2017. Okay. So you, Courtney, have been? Yeah, I've been a nurse for about 10 years, and I would say a solid five, a little bit more intermittently in there. We're all emergency room. Well, you are well educated to answer this question. Can men get pregnant? <laughs> What is a man? <laughs> wow. I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've seen knows. a house fly and I've heard a rubber band. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, I just, you know, follow the science is what I'm, what I'm all about. Yeah. That's just the same degradation. You know, what, What's happened in America is the, the values of marriage and the holiness between a man and woman in matrimony has been degraded. 
you know, in the, in the name of progress, which is clearly not progress. And uh, now that you've defiled that, now you're hiring people's kids in schools and telling them that they need to talk about someone else's sexual orientation, uh, when all the while heterosexuality, the thing that allows us as people to, to procreate on this planet is something that's shunned. And now that people are getting, progressive people are getting away with that, now they're saying, hey, you need to put something in your body that we tell you to. And at the same time, now they're broadcasting about, oh, well, if you're a woman and you're pregnant, it's rights over your body. Kill that baby if it's an inconvenience to you. Like everything is about unaccountability. But yeah. this is something that's written throughout prophecy. It's people will, and it's not the first time that this has happened no. at all. You know, But every time it has happened, every culture has been destroyed by yes. its own its own devices yes but um, sadly you know, the my, it's the truth it's absolutely the truth that my only i've got two other questions as well for you and uh first of all i just say that i appreciate the stand that y'all are taking and and uh, really appreciate that you refuse to sign the the document uh that says that you're going to accept the liability because honestly you can't you go because the wording of that document and i would really press on a lot of the uh, a lot of your colleagues out there a lot of those nurses nursing colleagues can you truthfully sign that document saying that you fully understand fully understand are the right words there fully understand the liability that you are accepting because we don't even fully understand the vaccine itself to where we could fully understand the liability that we are taking. So honestly, you leave liability that you are accepting in that. And so uh, I really press upon uh, all of your colleagues out there, your nursing colleagues, don't sign. They may, they, I mean, what are they going to do? Uh, we've already got a nursing shortage uh, in this country. So what are they what, anymore? They don't care. That's they right. Don't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not saying all nurses don't care about patients. I'm saying the hospitals at large, the administrators do not care about patients anymore. It's about money. 100%. Yeah, but uh, Courtney, I've got to interrupt you on that. I'm going to I'm going to go on the attack here because this needs to be said. The nurses don't care either because we are real nurses. We did what was right. We're trying. To, that's why we're talking to the public. The people who are taking the jobs today, especially with travel nursing, they're trading blood for money. They're going, I'll do whatever I'm told so I can have a job. They, they don't care. They're not following science. They don't care. They're not upholding their fellow nurses. They don't care about what's going on. And you see, and everything that you hear about it, you know, people are being absolutely selfish. You hear about nurses dropping out now. And what are they saying? They're saying, oh, it's too stressful. I don't like my job anymore. Everything's about them. They're not talking about how the system has degraded the autonomy of nursing and sacred humanity and being good people. They're just saying like, it's not working for me. The conveniences aren't for me. So, you know, the nurses and physicians today that like me who are struggling, like I haven't worked in 15 months because I'm listed just like a Jew was listed in Nazi Germany as, you know, a dirty person. I'm listed as an unvaxxed, not as a natural born man. You know, I have an unencumbered license to practice nursing. No one, I've, I am not guilty of nursing fraud or medical fraud or anything. But when I go to work, people just tell me, well, are you vaccinated? Well, that's none of your business. That's my private information. Well, we require that you tell us. Well, you can't. I'm a living, be breathing person. I'm a man. I have rights and autonomy over my life. Well, we don't say so. We say you must comply with us. Well, who are we? Who's the WE? Who, who are all these people? Well, that's none of your concern. Like, it's just, it's just the, it's the same thing that happened in Nazi Germany, but now it's not happening with the military. It's happening with medicine. 
And, you know, this is not the last time it's going to happen, but this is the first time in the history of planet Earth that it has spanned over the entirety of the globe. You know, so before you haven't the- worked in you haven't worked in 15 months because of this? Yes, sir. I've, I haven't worked in 15 months. I've been ignored, dismissed, deflected, and denied from every opportunity to be a nurse. I've, I, I have literally lost all of my savings. I've lost my career. Uh, I've had no support. Courtney and I met because she was running for Congress. And I was thinking about at the time of running for Congress. And at the time, the, our maps that we live in, our districts that we live in, we would have been in the same district. So I said, hey, let's band together as good, the good people that we are, and I'll support you and you run for Congress. And then when you make it into Congress, I'll still be here as a nurse and we can, we can squash this. But that didn't turn out that way because people are more concerned about voting for people that say that you're, you know, you're one with the universe and you need to kill a baby if you want to, rather than voting for a real young woman who is standing for you know, sacred humanity and autonomy and real sovereignty. And that's what this is about, is destroying sovereignty. Once you destroy sovereignty, you can't live. There is no life. You know, the history of Cambodia proved this. The history of Korea proved this. You know, the history of, of Nazi Germany proved this. Once you destroy people's sovereignty, you will die. And that's what I'm working for, is to stop people. I'm willing to, you know, they, they say here in America, everyone will, will run their mouth about the Second Amendment. They'll say, oh, well, it's our right to carry arms because we need to be able to fight, you know, enemies, foreign and domestic. And, but then when, that, when it comes to someone like me, who's been out of work, out of my career, because I've been ousted by my fellow Americans, they say, oh, you're crazy to against all of us. And I'm like, why am I crazy? You say I'm not crazy because I'm a gun owner and I believe in upholding our nation's freedom. But if I use my voice to speak out against the medical institution, then I'm, then I'm just this small. Like, what are you talking about? It wouldn't be crazy for me to use my gun and go to war to free our people, but it is crazy for me to, to just try to elucidate to the public that you're being lied to, that the information you're being given is not scientific and it's being done to you so that you'll be controlled and comply. It doesn't make any sense. Wow. Uh, wow. I mean, I, that's so, uh, wow. That is, uh, that's, I, that's very rare that we're speechless, but we're speechless after that. That is uh, that is pretty powerful. I, I'm with you. People that say that you know I need my gun so that I can go fight. I question whether people are actually willing to go fight anymore. And uh, if they're not willing to stand up like the two of you have stood up, then that just tells me everything I need to know that people are too cowed and they're too afraid to fight anything. So my last two questions are this: is a our listeners are probably the kind of people that would be looking for nurses like you uh, and want to want people who have the uh, the wherewithal to stand and to fight. Um, we have ve a very good nurse friend uh, who has um, uh, started her own practice uh, in Asheboro and in uh, Danville, Virginia. Uh, she's uh, She is one that has worked with both Alan and me, has served our families, uh, when they were sick and, uh, and she went and opened her own practice and so, and has been exceptionally, um, successful. And so, um, I would say that our listeners are people who are looking for other people like that. And so we want to ensure that we get y'all's names out, that this is somebody that, Hey, look, you need some people who are conservative people who are willing to, 
stand up and say the truth about what's happening and who will be honest with you as a patient and who cares about you as a human being, these are the people that you need to talk to. And so to that end, my last two questions are this, what is the end game here with all of this that's going on? Do we even know? Because that's what I'm trying to get at is, what is it with this shot that people are wanting to get in? And I think you probably touched on it there, Mustafa, is about sovereignty, but is there a greater scheme going on here? And then number two, what can our listeners do for people like you who are being attacked by hospitals and by the medical community, the political medical community, who are being attacked uh, and, and who are threatened with their jobs? What can some of the people that, we, that listen to us do to sort of combat this? Um, my, first, my first response to that is um, something that I noticed just in politics and what I found was the most frustrating thing in running for office was seeing how the church likes to keep themselves in a little box and not go outside of that and not try and affect policy or not try and affect government. Um, and I think my first call to action is any Christians who are listening to this, that you go and talk to your pastor and you say, like, we need to have a coalition in this church that cares about politics in our community and nationally. And I would say, please reach out to me. I'm on like on pretty much all the normal social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, private message me, Courtney Geals. It's very easy to find me. Um, I am working on some of that stuff. The reason I'm working, I'm helping North Carolina Values Coalition right now because I felt like they were doing the best job of getting churches and getting Christian values and government. And that's what I really felt like was really missing and why I was having so much trouble getting elected in Durham and Orange County, because I think most people actually, if you were to, if you were to pull everybody, yeah, you've got some crazy liberal people who hate God and they're very vocal, but I would say the majority of people, if you get statistical analysis, I think most people would say they believe there's a God and they have an ethical code that is semi-similar to what we are right here. But they're voting differently because they've been manipulated with all of these things that we've been talking about. And I would say COVID was the ultimate manipulation. Yeah. And it was the ultimate way of eradicating that, you know, when you talk about the sower and the seed falling on ground that just got blown away by the wind, yeah. you know, that is what happened in the church. And so I'd say, like, if you're listening to this and you're passionate about it, first of all, please message me. I'm happy to like help connect you with your pastor and talk to you with your pastor. But I really like my biggest thing is I couldn't get over how many pastors didn't even want to talk to me because I was running for office. I would say 75% of pastors would not talk to me. So the biggest thing that I would say, and I know this is a vaccine and this is not like a, a biblical issue, but it is a political issue. And it's the reason too. that, and well, you can get down to it of it being biblical, but um, a lot of these issues, they all just go together. Just like Mustafa saying, the reason my opponent won by a landslide is because I wouldn't say I'm pro-choice. Honestly, I think if I just said I'm a pro-choice Republican, I think I would have had a very strong chance of winning because Democrats didn't even like her. Right. And so it really was about, I'd rather kill a baby than vote for somebody who has logical sense and will actually do something for their community. Um, so I think really getting Christians to go and talk to their pastors and be willing to be active in politics. That doesn't mean they have to run for something. That just means they're willing to be engaged. They're willing to communicate and they're willing to go and tell the rest of their church what's going on. Yeah. I wanted to, to follow up with something about that being biblical. Um, and I wanted to give you a clear example. 
God tells us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And so everyone in our nation, you know, we had to go through slavery, we had to go through civil war, and we had to go through making sure that women were heard. Um, that's something that's been exacerbated today, women's suffrage. But the other thing that's been exacerbated is homosexuality. There's a difference between not judging your fellow neighbor. You know, back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, you were treated really harshly for being homosexual, and that was wrong to do. But what ended up happening was people became desensitized. And so everything is about a person's homosexual orientation today when it comes to politics, because we became desensitized to involving someone's sexuality or sexual orientation when it wasn't heterosexual by talking about it. So you now have like in the hospitals, like, you know, you have Wake Forest Baptist Medical, Medical Center and Novant, where now in their policies, when they talk about their social culture that they're building, they're in in their social culture that they're building, they're including homosexuality. And so now that homosexuality is included, that opened the door to saying, hey, well, if you're a woman, you have rights over your body because people don't have the right to judge you and you can kill a baby that you've made. It's unaccountability. So the reason that I'm bringing this up with the vaccine is that in the Bible, it is written that in the last times when people will be in such confusion that the Antichrist will rise up. And when he rises up, he will, people will love him. You won't be looking for a person of evil. You will not find a man of hate. This guy is going to be like Mr. Rogers. Like this person is going to be someone that everyone looks at because it even says believers will follow him. Believers who read the word will follow him. So we're not looking for a bad guy. Okay. So this person will rise up in a time of despair and the things that he will say and how he will proclaim himself upon the world. People will be like, gosh, you're such the nicest person. And he'll say, you know what? I want to lead all of you and I want to build things for you because I believe in humanity and Jesus is right. We need to love one another. And it says that he will create a false church. And that's what this COVID vaccine is on the planet. This is desensitizing people to get them used to complying and putting something in their body and defiling their temple so that when the Antichrist comes, they'll already be used to it. Just like when instead of not harming someone for being homosexual, we started promoting them for being homosexual. And we see how that has perversed our way of government and our way of well-being in society. Like people today are given special treatment for being homosexual. We have rules about it. We now have gay marriage. You know, like we have the rainbow flag. The rainbow flag doesn't belong to homosexuality. The rainbow flag was something that was put in the sky as a symbol of God's promise that he would destroy the world by water ever again. You know, God made everyone who's homosexual. God made and gave the breath of life to all those people. You know, God made all the people who are murderers today. God made all the people who are greedy today. It doesn't mean that we allow those murderers to share their ideals amongst our people or those greedy people to share their ideas amongst our people. At the same time, if you're homosexual, that's your business. That's your orientation. But it has no reason to be in society like it is today to the point where people are shunning marriage. People are shunning men and women being together and creating a family. Well, now you have this COVID vaccine. And people are saying, do what you're told for the greater good. And I think that that's clearly what this is, is people are becoming now desensitized and saying, it's okay if you put anything in your body. After all, we're willing to openly say, we'll vote someone into a political office who says it's the right of a woman to kill a baby in her body. So I think that that's what's going on here is a very, very deceptive desensitization. The worldview has changed from like survival of the fittest to what's best for most is best for all. I'm finding that that's, that is how people are thinking. Um, and so 
you know, I always said with abortion, like, if you just tell me, like, it's the weaker link, I don't believe in God, like, let's kill it off, I'd have a much better life without it. I'm like, I at least can understand that thought process. Like, don't try and manipulate me into thinking like I should feel bad for the woman, like, I'm not going to emotionally get involved. But scientifically, if there is no God and survival of the fittest, like you can kill it off. But I never hear people make that argument because it's too horrible sounding. Um, But now when I call people on that stuff, when I call people on taking ethics out of things, I'll say, well, you know, it's survival of the fittest. Let's just do this. It's better for, you know, better for that person. Um, And people will say, well, no, it's like better for the greater good. Like you can, I've heard people literally argue my, my argument against them about survival of the fittest with a what's best for most is best for all argument. And so, and it's manipulative because I think Christians can kind of get on board. Like that's actually, people say, well, you're so American, like you're so used to American traditions and like individualism and rights and freedom that like other countries, like it's about like the community, like literally I'll hear that in the church now. And that is the argument of what's best for most is best for all. So that goes back to, by the way, I'm, I am big into uh, philosophy and, uh, and educational philosophy. And that goes back to Herbert Spencer and the social utilitarianism is exactly what it is, which is, by the way, rooted in Darwinism. Um, it is Herbert Spencer learned from Darwin. So it is uh, social utilitarianism is exactly what you're talking about there. And it is very detrimental to society. Um, what, who can, how can, Mustafa, how can uh, listeners get in touch with you? Uh, you can contact me by email, mustafa.kojak at gmail.com. It's M as in Mary, M-U-S-T-A-F as in Frank, A, Mustafa dot K-O-U-J-A-K, Mustafa dot Kojak at gmail.com. And if you have any questions, you know, I'll be happy to answer them or, you know, be a good nurse for you and help lead you to the information so you can make your own personal choices for yourself and educate yourself. I'd be happy to do that. That's all I that's all I know how to do is to, to be a good man that I desire to be is just to, to help people who want to help themselves. Um, but, uh, but I'll be happy to give any of the documentation that I have with the notes that I've made concerning this COVID vaccine and concerning the, the very direct evidence linking it to myopericarditis uh, in the people who take the vaccine compared to the people who didn't take the vaccine. Right. We definitely want to get, uh, get our email addresses to you so yes. you can get that to us. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah, Courtney, absolutely. The Instagram, Facebook, everything is, is the best oh, way to get it. It just says okay. Courtney Gills. Okay. G-E-L-S. G-E-E-L-S. Yes, sir. Okay, great. We want everybody to be able to reach out to y'all. And I would just, Pastor, I would echo what Courtney said about the church, except that I would add to it that if your pastor is one of those that refuses to talk about this stuff, it's time for you to get out of that church and go to a church with a pastor who is a lion and not a loser uh, and and needs to go and be a part of a church that is willing to stand up for what is right. Uh, I know of, I mean, I'm in South Carolina, but those of you who are in North Carolina, if you can get to Seagrove, there is a church in Seagrove called Asbury Baptist Church that would be a very good one for you to go to. Uh, that is uh, Pastor Alan Mashburn's church. <laughs> and, and believe it or not, by this podcast, we've had numerous people drive the distance just to visit and say, this guy's crazy and we want to see him. <laughs> He's the filth church, you know? So 
And yeah. I would also give a plug for my my former church while I was there, Randleman Church <laughs> of God in Randleman, North Carolina. Pastor uh, Robbie Crisp there is uh, is excellent. And if you're in South Carolina, come join me and and my pastor now at uh, Chad Smith at North Walhalla Church of God in Walla, South Carolina. Uh, so, uh, we just want to pastor, you know, I think we need to get Mustafa and we need to get Courtney back on again and, uh, very soon. And let's talk about other medical issues, abortion. I know we touched on it a little bit here, homosexuality, uh, transgenderism. We didn't even get, we, we touched a little bit on it with what is a man. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot. Sorry. Of- <laughs> Sorry. I just, that's the funniest thing to come out all of this. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of there's some stuff we need to really hit hard on. And I think having a medical perspective is really good on this. I mean, this has been fascinating. Yeah. And Consider I- yourself medical correspondence preachers yes. with a punch. The pay isn't good, but Hey, the company's great. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Courtney and Mustafa, we appreciate you coming on and being a part of this and uh, being a part of this uh, episode today. And uh, we look forward to having you back on very soon. And folks, those of you who are listening, our listeners, we appreciate you. We appreciate, we want you to spread this. We know that YouTube's going to block it. We know that Facebook's going to block it. Get on Twitter, put it on Twitter, send it out, send it to Dr. Fauci and, uh, you know, and, and let him know that, you know, I can't speak for Alan, but I will say this, that I think he's a criminal. And uh, I hope he gets his comeuppance very soon. And uh, so, you know, tag Dr. Fauci on this and tag Elon Musk as well, because we want Elon to know that uh, we're backing him on this as well. Me and Elon, we just like that. (laughs) We like that. Yes, I'd love to be. Uh, So Elon, you know, come on, Elon, support us. Support us. You've got two great nurses here that you're going to need when you get older, pal. So I'm sure that... uh, would be great to have some nurses on your staff, Elon, <laughs> hint, hint. Uh, and so anybody else out there that's listening, we really encourage you to uh, find nurses like this. These two would be great uh, to to be, uh, to be come and, and work with you and to help you whenever you need it. And um, we just really appreciate you all for joining us with uh, Carolina Conservatives Preachers with a Punch. Alan, anything? Uh, just an honor to have you on. We definitely want to have you back and we definitely want to get this podcast both segments out to everybody so please both of you if you're on i know courtney you're on uh, a lot of social media um, if you uh, mustafa if you're on uh, social media please share it we're we'll get it out and we'll run it several times during the week um but thank you for being with us and um godspeed in what you're doing thank you absolutely absolutely thank you very much Thanks, folks. This is Carolina Conservatives. We are, and I just saw that my internet is unstable, just like us. We're kind of unstable, too. So we are Carolina Conservatives Preachers with a Punch. I'm Dr. Nathan Street. I'm Pastor Alan Mashburn. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to next time. I hope you have a great 2023. God bless you.